but, but no, no, no. After you give me all your money, I'm going to sip on this in front of you. And then shoot your family. I'm halfway down in the bottom of a bottle and I ain't gonna change my way. But I ain't half bad when I do what I ought it don't. All right, well, welcome to our Humble Beer Podcast. I'm Chris Hill. This is DJ Lou. And yeah, with us today, we have Matt Ward from Scruffy City Comedy. We're just going to be here today talking about some of the great stuff going on. Um, the Scruffy City Sour Festival. Scruffy yes. City Sum, sorry, Comedy Festival as well. So just talking about that and some of the other great stuff going on. So Hello, thanks for thank joining us. Thank you for us. having me. Yeah, uh, we have we have to briefly describe what, where we're sitting right now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We are at, on the outdoor patio at Scruffy City Hall, and they've decorated it so magnificently for Halloween. Uh, we can't figure out what this spider web is made of. <laughs> there is a slight chance it is real. Yeah, uh, it could be. <laughs> Which, if it might, is, I'm really scared of spiders. We, we might. That might, not, might be why no one else is sitting out yeah. here with us. We're going to get <laughs> treated like she, hobbits here in a second. Yeah. She lobs later, that's what I'll say. We could be a. <laughs> we, we, we might need a glowing sword if anybody has one. Well, I've got Sting with me in case, <laughs> in case, uh, in case we run into that. So, so I've listened to a few podcasts. Yeah, um, thanks. I'm excited to be on the, on the podcast because uh, the beer movement in Knoxville has gone from zero to. 120 in yes. the last six months. You yeah. guys now have endless amounts of new brews and new breweries coming out. I know. Out. I yeah. Think. And, now, I, we, and this is our avenue we, how we get to meet and talk and drink at all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're in. Yeah, our, our line when, when I started, I told DJ, if we can only get free beer, I'm happy. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we've above that. We've but exceeded I, that. I remember looking because I do a nightlife column for uh, Go Knoxville, so I okay, look at cool. beer permits and things like that. I looked at the beer permits, and also there's a, a beer website locally that yeah. had a list of all the new breweries coming out and open within the last six months or opening within the next six months are nine breweries. Yeah. Yep, which is ridiculous. It is. Uh, and uh, it's it's exciting, but it's literally us going from being like this stepchild to Asheville, where Asheville's this big beer city, yeah. to us being right up there with them. I think we lost uh, a major, I think it was either, we lost a brewery to them. I think it was um, New Belgium was going to put a brewery near Maryville. And yeah, uh, Sierra Nevada as well. They, yeah, they and, a lot of, or maybe lot, it was one of the same. There's a maybe it's so close to the mountains and stuff, and... Uh, um, and they kind of felt like the area of Maryville. That a lot of breweries have looked at that area, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and they've they've always went across the other side of the mountain to uh, Asheville because I think it's just because the more friendlier beer scene, yeah. Um, and the, the the less on taxes and stuff. And but the thing that is, if we can keep on getting our laws changed, our tax change, we yeah, we're, we can get people back on this. We can get people on this side of the mountain. So yeah. I think that they probably just, market research probably just told them that the immediate local demand also wasn't where it was in Asheville. So Asheville definitely has beer connoisseurs out yeah. the wazoo compared yeah. to us. 
Yeah, but we're, we're growing in that. Um, you know, DJ and I were discussing a while back, um, you know, there's a lot of people from Knoxville, anywhere you go in the South, like if they're seeking out craft beer, <coughs> you're going to find people from Knoxville there or going there because of just the, um, the lack of quality of craft beer, at least to date, in Knoxville. And that's changing, of course, like you yeah, said. it's changing. There's the... Uh I Alliance that I just saw across the river mm-hmm. that's just just about to start brewing their own beers. Oh so. no no they're they're brewing. They're already brewing. They've actually before. got beers on tap. You I knew go out was, there and I check knew them it was out. soon. I just wasn't sure when yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, they're pouring. Yeah. Well, they got a couple beers. They had a couple of beers on draft this weekend. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And then they you know, it's just we're going the right direction with beer. Yeah. People that have good taste in beer. Uh, they like going out and seeing live music. They like the arts. They like supporting local stuff. Yeah. And that's the kind of people that we needed to be attracted to the center of the city. So it's Absolutely. really exciting to see that happen. And uh, it was good to find out that there was like uh, an outlet for a podcast for it, too. Yeah. So I yeah, Googled it when I was looking at it to do my article one night and saw the podcast was around. So Yeah. Very cool. So, Matt, what's what's a little bit of your background? Where are you from? What brought you to Knoxville? What gets you into comedy? I am from Central Ohio. Okay. Uh, hence the generic accent. And uh, <laughs> I moved to the South about nine, just about nine years ago. I moved to Carolina Beach, North Carolina. I was with Verizon Wireless at the time, so I used that to pay for a lot of my moving expenses. Oh, cool. Um, we got relocated to Wilmington, and then, uh, well, actually, Wilmington's where I work, but I lived in Carolina Beach, just south of there. Uh, then came to Knoxville after doing some market research because we knew the cost of living was low here. It was a lot closer to Ohio where we're from. So uh, my wife and I moved here and bought a house. And uh, I s- started stand-up when I was in Wilmington okay. and came here like a couple years into doing stand-up in 2009. And uh, there was only the comedy club here, Side Splitters. And it, they charged you to get on stage so you had to pay to do their open mic and huh. it was only ever the, the main deterrent wasn't that for me it was the fact that they only did it every two weeks yeah so it's it's really hard to get good at stand-up if you're only on stage every twice a month yeah so uh i started uh performing at some pop-up shows that would happen one was called wino theater that was the only other show besides the comedy club but it wasn't an open mic it was just some uh fun loving drunks that would get together and do stand up in random places and <laughs> from that I started producing my own show at Patrick Sullivan's 2010 and uh, that when Patrick Sullivan we stopped doing that before Patrick Sullivan's closed down and then at the beginning of 2011 we came next door to uh, Speakeasy at Prez Pub and started doing an open mic on Sunday nights and it's still going on so it's been going oh, on cool. for uh, this is the fifth annual Halloween party they're doing mm-hmm. over there tonight for comedy. Now, do you have to pay to do the open mic there? No. Okay. None of our open mics are paid. But okay. At the same you time. You saw that as a to... poor business model, I assume. Eh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's just not a very sustainable one because comics are broke, you know? And not yeah. everybody can pay $13 after, you know, the fees and everything. It was $10 for the ticket plus yeah. fees to get on stage, uh, you know, the comics that were still doing it when the club before the club closed uh, still came and did all the free mics, so they got enough stage time, or at least for the city, they could use more. Always, yeah, we always could. But um, you know, it was it just I don't know. I, you can't 
pay, you can't charge your talent to be on stage. No. It's not, you're not renting the space for six minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they're good, why not reward them? So that's kind of the way we've treated it. The, um, the comedy kind of has snowballed since then. We did a comedy contest for a few years, and last year we did our first Scruffy City Comedy Festival. <clears throat> and that was here downtown, downtown at Pilot Light, Scruffy City Hall. Okay. Primarily at Scruffy City Hall or headline shows, and that's the way it is this year. Okay. Um, but Scott West told me that we were also doing a sour beer festival at the same time. So their beer distributor uh, and them are getting together to do this sour beer festival. He thought it would be funny to do it during the comedy festival. Yeah. So, funny uh, tasting beer with funny comedians. Yeah, and uh, so that made me ask um, some of my uh, more uh, seasoned beer nerd friends what really sour beer was and the impression I've gotten from sour beer is that it, uh, like was, we were discussing earlier yeah. that it's people love it and there's only a niche group that does and everyone else really hates it like it's <laughs> like the beer lovers love it's different and love how weird it is Yeah, but everybody else is, is like Ugh. so yeah. Uh, what I did was I went downstairs and got a sour beer. I've never tasted it before. So in the course of this uh, podcast, I'm going to take my first taste and give you my completely there, ignorant tongue's description of there, what this beer is. That's there is awesome. a rule with sours that um, I've been taught. I actually learned it on a when I took a tour of um, uh, New Belgium Brewing Company. We had one of their sours. Okay. And, the, uh, and if you drink it sour, you have to drink it three times. You take it two, three sips to get the right in a row. Yeah, right in a row. That, that's actually a good. Just, yeah. just so you know, that's actually a good rule for any liquor yeah. or any beer that that requires some tasting. But go but, ahead. So small sips. Or? Yeah, small sips because the, the first sip you're gonna you're gonna your palate's just gonna, you're gonna get the shock. Or the, yeah, yeah, then it's gonna slowly, uh, slowly evolve, and once that 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 third sip, you're gonna, you're gonna know if you like it or dislike it by that third sip. Because the first sip, like you said, is just like itch in the face. You're like, you, you're, but you then the, a lot of people do that. A lot of people take that first sip and they go, and they 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 um, and they completely reject it. and They don't want to try it anymore. If they they actually sipped on it for a second, let their palate get used to what they're drinking, they're more apt to uh, like it. So, yeah. I think there's like a super close relationship between. Um, good comedy audience members and people that are really into either quality coffees or quality beers. Hmm. Like there's there's something about like an educated palate mm-hmm. that also makes someone more interested in listening and, and observing and participating in a comedy show in a way that's actually very beneficial to the comedy show. Which sounds really like kind of micro-analyzed, yeah. but the number one problem uh there's two big problems. Number one problem with the comedy show is it's not produced correctly and it's not funny enough. Yeah. Number two problem with the comedy show that can go hand in hand with number one is it's the wrong audience to be marketing and performing for. So it's mm-hmm. people that um, think that they can just have an outburst in the middle of the show that, that don't understand that it is a presentation and that they're uh, completely... W- Responsible for making other people around them have a good time, them having a good time. Yeah, you know, it's it, and people that are into craft beers tend to be better audiences. Yep. We do yeah. we do a monthly show over at Sawworks, and you go. It's free. It's the mm-hmm. first first Friday monthly comedy show. It's good and to watch that crowd. 
that place is when when they do first Friday in Saltworks typically it's obnoxious when they go to see a comedy show they just quiet down right between the pauses and punchline and the setup and are ready for for it to hit and it's that, just been killing it that was one of the wow. questions well, that was one of the questions I was about to lead into is because you you said you've, you've played like other bars and stuff like that and like uh, I mean I've been drinking that uh, press pub for years and and it's one, it was one of the first uh, craft beer places in Knoxville, like places that had a large selection yeah. that I went to, that Barley's and Union Jacks, um, and how different that crowd. Because when, when somebody goes to Press Pub, you're more likely going to Press Pub to to get a better beer. You're, you're, yeah. Um, how is that? I was gonna say like how is that the how is that crowd different than playing the, like this the like the traditional place? Like is it going to is especially. If like if the 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 comedy show is really not like, especially if in another place the comedy show is not like well, like all there all the time or something like that, you're not going to get a lot of people that are just there for the Bud Light and they don't really pay attention. Exactly. Um, I think what you find is, and this is this is getting even more complex, but also kind of making it for people that drink beer, they'll understand what I'm saying. Um, people that like Bud Light, Miller Light. They're not going out so that they can do a bunch of thinking. Yeah, yeah. They're not going out so that they can play a complex card game with their friends. They're not <laughs> like yeah, like that's a good point. Like yeah. um, um, what was one of the cool card games everybody plays? Like cards against cards humanity. against humanity. humanity yeah. You're not going to play cards <laughs> against humanity when you're drinking Bud Lights. Yeah. You know you're you're not you're not wanting you're gonna you're not listening to the generic pop station. Yeah, because you want to you want to, the complexity of Tom Waits. Yeah, and, and it's really hard to do stand up, which requires thinking mm-hmm. in front of someone that is not in the position or interested in actually exerting the single calorie to think. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It, it does. We've we've actually used the um, the craft beer and indie rock music. Ex- same thing. Exactly. You know that 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 analogy is very yeah. similar, and yes, I, I could see sure. that with comedy for sure too. Just, yeah, you want if if you're drinking a Bud Light, you're probably going to be cool with the Florida Georgia Line, <laughs> the or, Nickelback of country music, or Wagon Wheel playing every third song. You know? Yeah, Just like, <laughs> please no. All right, you know, and I don't. Those beers had their place at one time but even those companies are seeing uh, that they had to diversify and buy up all these craft breweries mm-hmm. or they were just not going to be able to maintain a viable growth model in the United States so yeah. they understand that their beer you know had its day in the sun and it still sells probably more than any other beer Yeah, but now it's going to be one company most likely Miller yeah. Lite and, and, and Bud Light are and, and under Beth. the same umbrella yeah and Beth. Yeah. so um, it's it's like that statistic, you know, the craft or the beer industry is overall last year grew like one and a half percent or less, but craft beer, as a market share within the beer industry, grew seventeen percent. Sure, yeah. and you're seeing more of that. I think to your point, people are starting to appreciate craft beer more as a result. And the the only thing that it makes me wonder though is where is, when is the bubble going to burst in terms of variety? Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. is it going to get to the point where there's too many options. Is yeah. that going to happen? So yeah. I, see, but I mean, it could. Yeah, it could possibly. But I think with the wonderful thing about the craft beer industry, and uh, is that the is the fact that it's so localized and regionalized mm-hmm. that you you have to you get to work your way up the ranks before you get that national exposure. Yeah, and and, and, 
and so I think that prevents the 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 bubble from because of what we can get here, we can't get everywhere else. Yeah, nobody can get, not everybody can get wonderful beers at Alliance in Kentucky because they don't distribute. They don't distribute right now, or if they do distribute, it's not going to be a wide distribution. And 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 to that point, I was listening to um, to another podcast recently that where they had a a master sommelier on, and he's like, I like wine and I like liquor because the one thing you can taste in whiskeys and in wine is place and you don't really find that in craft beer and I, I just wanted to call bs on that because for me i mean that's what craft beer is about you go to alliance because it's a knoxville beer you go to sawworks because it's a local beer and that to me is the place you can taste it yeah the, yeah it's, it's like literally each like has each its own region almost dialect of style yeah, exactly and and like kentucky degree, has its bourbon yeah kentucky it's has not a the bourbon. same bourbon as you know, exactly wherever else yeah you can you can literally taste the place and, and to some degree he's right you can't Actually, physically taste the taste place in an IPA that might be made here. Well, you know, and that may just be the fact place. that there's not, and there's not currently. He may be talking about something that washes out because yeah. it's now becoming more common for all of those liquors to be brewed in um, like the craft. Yes, craft bourbon and craft whiskey and all that yeah. stuff is happening now. So yeah, it's, well, but, it's getting into a whole you know subset, which eventually you'll be able to. T- I imagine there was only a handful of. You know, good bourbons mm-hmm. for for many years, or good uh, whiskeys, or any of that for many years, and, and now there there's you know Tennessee versions uh, yeah. for just about every part of the state. Yeah, yeah, but it it was just interesting to hear that because I mean I think to the point we're trying to make is or DJ's trying to make is you know there is a place behind that there is a location behind yeah. that so for the market to get saturated it, I think it takes saturation within the local market yeah. for it to really get to the point where well, it's like when I taste uh, and, and where I think that point is completely his point is completely invalid is when I taste a new Belgian beer it doesn't matter which new Belgian beer I taste mm-hmm. that's Fort Collins yeah because yeah. that's where I had my first new Belgian and it's each one of their beers has a similar taste to it yeah that's unmistakably that company. Absolutely. So, I mean, to say that that doesn't, yeah, it just yeah. sounds like someone who hasn't had a, a whole lot of, yeah, you know, more more defined craft beer. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe that that's some of it. But I guess when you spend your time, you know, playing with hundred thousand dollar wine bottles, you kind of aren't as interested in the craft beer. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was so, gonna say because you described him being a what? Did you master say? sommelier. Yeah, exactly. Which just makes me think he's a pirate. Like I don't know. She's like pulling over ships in the African Ocean, just being a d bag to everybody. But but no no no. After you give me all your money, I'm going to sip on this in front of you, and then shoot your family. Sommelier. It's yeah. not Somalia, okay. Yeah. Not a Somalian. Somalia. Somalier. It's the, the professionals that taste wine. And, like, for beer, it's Cicerone. I guarantee you there's not one single one of those dudes that has kept a marriage for more than, like, three years. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of those dudes has been married seven times. The, the, I mean, the, the, um, if, if you're drinking wine, right, you have to spit, yeah. it, spit it out, right? Yeah. No. If you're tasting it, don't you... The, oh. the sommeliers don't do that. No, 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 they, don't do they, that. They, they might do that if they're like tasting throughout the course of a night. But I think even them, most of them actually sip and swallow. Well, so like, there, there would be no 
beer guy uh, would ever spit out a beer for, for any uh, good beer for oh, any no. reason. No, There'd be no spit way. Out a beer. No. It's only spit out if you're going to make someone else drink that. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only thing. Although beer pong is not exactly a craft beer tradition. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, and then no. I don't know why my messed up version has somebody spitting their beer out into a cup. <laughs> like, what is this called? Oh, it's it's kind of like beer pong, but we call it two dudes, one cup. No. Four dudes, oh. one cup. <laughs> That'd be like the worst oh. version of beer pong ever. I can say that because I don't. I've never seen that, so there's no image. No, in my there's head for there's. Uh, I've, I've had people like. Tell me about it and describe it, and there's no reason to. I was in college. Oh! <laughs> I will leave it at that. Yeah, I was in college. I was I curious. discovered Bob Marley. <laughs> <laughs> I wish yeah. it was that good. No, yeah. I, yeah. No. There's, some, there's some Bob Marley around us right now, so. I, I, I know enough to cringe. We'll put it that way. Um, but anyways, moving experience. on. Yeah, experience. Speaking of sour things that make you cringe, we've got a great sour beer here. What what beer is this? Oh, man. Let me, let me look it up again, because I... <laughs> I put it in my phone so I wouldn't forget. This is a Big River, uh, Big River uh, Brewing Works Goza, which is a sour beer. And, okay. Uh, I've been told, DJ, that I have to do three quick sips. Three quick sips. I don't have to tap anything, do I? Okay. No. What, do you guys no. don't do the beer tapping thing, do you? Where you tap no. your beer and then drink it? There's no. Some, I don't know what... Is that, I've, is that I've just an alcoholic thing? You cheer and you tap and you Yeah, drink. what is that? Oh, no. like, I don't know. Traditions. If you guys know at home, uh, tweet to me, at Matt Ward Comedy, and uh, let me know why people tap their beers. That I'm sure that this audience would know, probably not ever do it, <laughs> yeah. but you've definitely shamefully watched your friends do it while they guzzled whatever 99-cent beer they got on this trip. Okay, there we go. Hmm. I don't hate it, and um, like, hmm, it definitely doesn't taste like a beer. No, it tastes it tastes kind of like a, just a non-sweet. I don't know, almost kind of like a, you know a sour mix that you would use for. I don't know. There's just a hint of like I get the sour. Yeah, the, uh, that go that uh, goes is. Uh, has a salty too. Yeah, and the, the saltiness the, with it too. The back end of this kind of reminds me of a pilsner that's had salt put in it. Yeah, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, it's, it's very bold and citrusy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the acidic part of it? What makes the the uh, what is the composition of a sour beer that makes it taste like that? It, it has to do with the brewing process. DJ probably well, I know that they, they had the bacteria or the bacteria. Basically, it's it's spoiled is the I don't have to exactly the look up the I don't want to sound stupid the, this is why we're the humble beer podcast yeah. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I know I'll mix it up and say something wrong but uh, it's it basically it's it's spoiled which gives it a, a tart flavor to it well what's your yeah. what's your Twitter handle um, is it at humble beer no, or at humble beer is our at humble, humble beer, beer pod. pod yeah we at, can just at use at that at DJ Loop is pod. my, my uh, well you can tweet to at DJ yeah, Loop, Loop or at humble beer pod mm-hmm. if you guys know the exact answer I, yeah. I, 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 I know the exact answer get some engagement like, here yeah it's, yeah, not yeah, the, yeah, it's not the it's not off the top of my head. I just like so it's during the it's during the fermentation process. They do a specific thing, which normally you would say, okay, well, that's too long. Yeah, or yeah, basically, you know, you're, it, you've it, done too much. It's going to cause this problem, and yeah. they just they just harness it. To me, that's like yeah, exactly. playing the it's, guitar with distortion. If it's pur- purposely, you're just trying to manipulate that that uh, defect. Inter- yeah, perfect. Yeah. So is yeah. that, you're is purposely that kind of entering bacteria in it to make it tart. 
yeah. basically. Yeah. Is the way I've, I've, I've had it explained to me. I don't have yeah, a I can see. I think what... I think that people would not like that if they were unprepared for it. Yeah. No, like you, you would never hand I, someone a sour and just say, yeah. hey, drink this. That's like... Great way to be hated. Yeah, my girlfriend hates them with a passion, and yeah. I love them, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, you said, uh, who was the locals that make it here? Cold Fusion. Uh, Cold, Cold Fusion, Fusion makes does. a sour. That they, they from, from what I've talked to them, they do something with their yeast strain okay. that tarts the flavor. They do it a different way. When need to get them on and... Talk to them about it. Yeah. That's uh, coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> but I, I don't. I think they make a couple traditional ways ways to sour, and also and a lot of times the way the brewing parts of the sour, you can age them for a while, a long okay. time too. So I had you know, I had a uh, 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 Nola Brewing Company's uh, Funk. Uh, my uh, girlfriend bought a bag from New Orleans from me. Um, we had it on Wednesday before we had a. Podcast meeting and I drank it all. Dang it! You, you didn't share it with me. Did you? Did you take it to the beer market? Yeah, too? I was. Jerk. Uh, yeah, I took it to the beer market. It didn't. It didn't last till you got there. I'm sorry. Oh, that was man. a big bottle. It was. It was probably the one of the tartest uh, beers I've ever had. Okay. It was one of those we all. I, we all. Well, there was like six of us. We did a small pour of it, uh-huh. and literally, you had six people go. Uh, quinge and, and they go that's delicious yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was very prepared for it though yeah. so I didn't have so, nearly this bitter beer face yeah, it's good that, uh, that some would but it's you know yeah. but a lot of times they, they add um, I'm not I'd like to look at the um, exact how they made that but a lot of times they add fr- like a lot of sours will add fruit and strawberries mm-hmm. and, okay this uh, one kind of tastes like uh, it does have something a lot of um, fruity um not sweet, but very citrusy. Uh, a lot of this, this, some of the sour uh, uh, browns, and I've, I've had some that that are been aged in wine barrels, mm-hmm. which which gives it a, a lot of times. A lot of people say that the bridge from beer drinkers to wine drinkers are some are sours, especially the dark browns and okay. stuff. That's um, that aged. makes sense because that actually tastes. Now that you say that, I get a very, very tiny hint mm-hmm. of what a Chardonnay would, yeah. would taste mid drink. Like, like that same amount of bitterness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, not a bad bitterness, but, you know, it's once again, Chardonnays are not necessarily everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, sure. a, lot of the, a, lot, a lot of the darker browns and stuff taste more like a red wine. Yeah. So. My, my favorite beers, period, are the darker, mm-hmm. the porter-style beers, like mm-hmm. uh, a chocolate stout or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because you could just... You can just relish one beer. Yeah, you, you and really get a lot from that. Yeah, like, yeah, just so many different flavors throughout that. But yeah, most in my wife and most you know folks I know don't are necessarily big into that thicker, darker, darker yeah. beer. But that's my favorite. And I've had an IPA phase for a while. I do go through phases mm-hmm. yourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. What is your current like? Uh, right now, I would go for. Uh, uh, Sours are uh, a big hit with me right now. Uh, I'm actually going more towards pilsners and yeah. pales. I'm getting away from the IPAs because I find yeah. it dries out my palate a little too much. Does. I'm just kind of hopped out. It I've was, still got some great hoppy stuff, and I love a really good double or triple IPA. Gotcha. But, um, but yeah, I, I tend to stay away from them for just day-to-day drinking. Yeah, I was on IPAs for a while. Yeah, well, I, I think that's yeah. the, that's the first stage yeah. of when you discover craft beer. Yeah, like you want you want to like see what, what, what the and it's something so different from what you normally drink mm-hmm. 
you you're like, oh, is it this this quadruple hopped, 180 IBU, crazy of like Gosh. bitter beer? You mm-hmm. want to? It's something. It's so different from a Bud Light. Then, mm-hmm. and that's why I think that's why also why I think the pumpkin ales and all these other other uh, high intense flavor beers work so well is because people it draws people in and it's so different from what they're used to yeah people that are searching for something different they go for something that's the exact opposite of what they're used they're usually drinking yeah so, yeah my intro to to any type of craft beer was not even what technically wouldn't be craft beer because it's you know this that's kind of a term our country yeah. has come mm-hmm. up with but it was uh oatmeal stout the uh, Sammy Smith. Oh, Sammy oh. Smith, yes. And that was like, anything that was Sammy the, Smith. That was in the 90s when I yeah. first tasted that. And that was like my go to beer when I would go to events like festivals and things mm-hmm. like that because I could drink a 16 you know, pint of that and you know, not even have to eat a whole lot because <laughs> the strings are so. It's filled with oatmeal, right? I mean, there's stout there. They, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Lots yeah. of calories, lots of sugars and stuff. And, Here's a, good, but, yeah, here's a question awesome. for you. This was something I was thinking when that made me think. And uh, you, how long you said you've been doing stand up for? I guess technically like seven years. Seven years, Chef. In, in Knoxville. Um, in Knoxville since 2010. So well, that's it. Yeah. How like playing at Prez Pub and playing in different places in town? How how much have you seen the the, the craft beer drinkers change? I, I, like playing in bars and stuff like that, have you have you noticed a, a significant change by just the audience and what they're drinking and what, how they're acting? Like because you, you said the difference between the the style, the the drinkers, and what kind of audience these are. You mean like um, have I seen just general those bar shows? I've seen the general audiences, kind yeah, of their yeah. palates develop. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I think that's mainly just directed by the overall demand. Mm-hmm. And most of the places we do are downtown. And that yeah. seems to be the center of where people want to drink a different type of beer. Mm-hmm. And what what I think is great about that is everybody's on this local kick for everything. Yeah. Like local cheese, local breads, local um, you know beef and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's perfect for beer. Because, yeah, perfect. You know, well, so, uh, well, well, I mean, somebody um, like with all the people like knowing like chemicals, like, people want to know what's in their food and in their what they're drinking, and like chemicals and and, and clean heat, healthy, healthy eating stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like like that. Be like, hey, what's what did you put in this? They want to like they meet the person who made this cheese or that, mm-hmm. and they want to know exactly what's in it. Yeah, and it's awesome. That's why the local craze is good. Is is so big and that's why the downtown is the center of it where you, is where you can get it so I'm really a fan of the local movement for economic reasons because yeah. if you uh, are able to produce a lot of things that people enjoy foods uh, you know textiles clothing you know all that type of stuff beers mm-hmm. that money doesn't go anywhere yeah, it yeah. recirculates within the community, and that's actually the way it used to be. So mm-hmm. downtown here in Market Square, they used to have butchers and, and shopkeepers all around, and then people bring their local produce, and that's where everybody got their groceries. You know, yeah. for the most part was, and they would exchange goods and exchange services, and then this whole area was vibrant and, and rich and doing very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, what we do on a regular basis is send most of our money to a handful of places in the country. Yeah. You know, when you go to the grocery store, you're still only paying a few companies, you know, for their goods. 
and that money goes away. Like they pay the money to pay the people that work in those stores, but then most of that money goes to a big corporation in some other place. So it's seeing the centralization of the economy is going to be what revives these cities again. Mm-hmm. Many of the cities that are having economic downturn are going to become so ridiculously vibrant from that. And at the same time, people won't have to travel 30 miles to go get something at a store, or they won't have to travel a long distance to get a specific item or service or anything mm-hmm. because it's all here. Yeah. So they won't have to expel the same amount of income that they would in the past on travel and and fuel costs and things like that. So all of it economically is amazing. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. And it also brings people from other areas. Like exactly. you're talking yeah. about yeah. people, you know, you go to, I'm sure you guys have gone to Asheville to drink yeah. islands, yeah. straight from uh-huh. islands. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and that's now a draw for them. So people are going to, you know, the central economies are going to be improved. Mm-hmm. The people in those areas are going to start moving back instead of being in the urban sprawl. Yeah, um, they'll be saving the money on fuel, and mm-hmm. they'll be spending that money on local produce, local foods, local Buy beers, local yeah. to comedy mm-hmm. festivals, watching, yeah, watching <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. I would love to see this local movement result in people going out to see bands on a Tuesday night again. You yeah. Know? yeah. Or going out to a comedy show on a Sunday night. Yeah. Or, you know, and our, most of our comedy shows during the week are free, so they're just going to go out to these places and have a beer or have some pizza. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just, you know, once again, it's going to be recycled. Then they can pay employees, and those employees are going to go out and they're going to buy something at Tomato Head for mm-hmm. lunch. Or they're going to, you know, it's just, you're literally just circulating that money throughout our economy. Well, I yeah. love the fact on, on, uh, on here on Tuesdays, you have Einstein Simified. Mm hmm. And it's their pint night here, so they dollar off all pints on Tuesdays. So where else, like in Knoxville, can you come watch awesome improv comedy for free? For free on with with a disc with a dollar off all, all your pints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's, like that's better than any TV show you're going to get. That's one of the things when you hear people travel in from other areas. They're like, beer is only how much? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> beer is three or four dollars. Yeah, like, yeah. The, I'm from California. It's eight dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah. To be I, for, I hear that a lot for craft beer. Yeah, I've been to San Francisco, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, how, well, I, have a, I have a friend of mine who lives in California. He, he, he talks to me already. He goes out for beer. Jeff. Yeah. He, uh, probably shout out. He's probably out. listening. Yeah, so. <laughs> Geoff. He, Jeff Hudick, we love you, man. Yeah, we, we, he, 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 he has complained several times to me about uh, the price, prices since moving out there in California to have craft beer. Yeah. So, yeah, the... We are we are lucky in that fact. We we're slowly getting a selection, but the, the and people tell me all the time, you pay five dollars for a beer. I'm like, yeah, that, that's pretty. We're pretty lucky to pay just five dollars for oh. a really craft beer. Yeah, Espe- sure. and especially when then we get like a comedy place like that or uh, a comedy show and a dollar off, and you pay three four dollars for a pint and see yeah. an awesome show. Yeah, uh, that, that's. That's great for the city of Nassau right there. To me, being someone that's constantly in these nightlife venues and seeing what drinks they have to offer and seeing this change and how it's occurred, the one turning point for me was when Sutri's opened. Mm-hmm. Because Sutri's was specifically pointed at the beer nerd. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt. Yeah, they did. The majority of their marketing was posting a picture of a beer or a description of the beer from what company. We've got a smoked uh, pork something porter, <laughs> and it's tapping in 20 minutes. And yeah. they said, you know, I would talk to them, and they'd say, we'd blow that keg in an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah. Like, a keg of 
like nobody's drinking more than two of those. Exactly. So you've mm-hmm. got like just people coming in just to have that beer. Yeah. And now we've got potentially five or six hundred new residences going up within a mile of where we're standing or sitting right now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just going to explode. Yeah. The the the, uh, the market down here, the market in Knoxville, especially downtown Knoxville, is uh, is just growing, and that's why we're uh, we're talking with the owner of uh, Flow and. And, and about the, the different the how so community oriented Knoxville is, mm-hmm. and how like and, and this goes back to your will the bubble burst too. And like we have the Happy Holler community now, you have the down kind of downtown community, mm-hmm. you have South South Knoxville community, all these old communities they could have a couple of coffee shops, a couple of breweries mm-hmm. that will sustain their, that mm-hmm. that can be sustainable in their little their little communities, and that's why I think that's one of the one of one of the cool things where Knoxville can really grow and that's where we can get all the yeah. different breweries and coffee shops and local places For sure. is the fact that we have those little communities. And what's yeah. happening now, you're right, what's happening now though is that those places individually are getting stronger Yeah. but unlike the, the way it is now, this town is very segmented. So yeah. people that are in Farragut aren't coming downtown right no. now. No. People that are in Bearden stay in Bearden but they will come downtown. Oh, yeah. People in downtown pretty much stay downtown. People in South Knoxville, they'll come downtown. Yeah. For the most part, they stay in South Knoxville. But that's changing. Mm-hmm. Now that um, all these places are sharing similar people, like craft beer lovers in South Knoxville now, you know, those people still come downtown. Yeah. And people in Happy Holler still come downtown. Mm-hmm. They still go to Bearden. You know, yeah, exactly. They still go, but they don't go all the way out to Farragut. But it's instead of just being that little island of downtown, it's now swollen into all these sub-communities that are close enough to each other that you easily can pop over to Alliance and have a beer and then pop up to Central Flats and Taps and have some dinner. Yeah. And that's not illogical or something weird. There's no barrier anymore. Like mm-hmm. The segmented way the city was before, there was like a barrier. Hmm. And people wouldn't go beyond that barrier, whatever the mythos was. Like, people won't go to East Town Mall because of whatever the mythos is, but that's dissolving. Mm-hmm. People are starting to see that there's a lot of really valuable places in South Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Everybody complains, oh, it's just redneck down there, and it's just white trash that lives in South Knoxville. Be like, well, that's not the way it is anymore. Yeah. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, it's not the way it's been for a long time, but that perception is there. So yeah. now that's changing, and it's making... Almost like a circulation where people... Yeah, like, like the North Knoxville, people used to say, oh, that's the poor in a town. Was that really what yeah. people thought of, like, Fountain City? Well, not Fountain City, but where They're the like, Happy Holler area. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the working class. Yeah. But yeah. Now, now it's kind of... Kind of the blue now, area. Yeah, now it's yeah, kind of... Sure. It's really... It's it's with how you have central flight of tabs. And now that's power. where all the young adventurous yeah, entrepreneurs are. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what is changing the city. Yeah. Is the young bold entrepreneurs the ones that are going to start stuff like Central uh, Central Avenue Collective and mm-hmm. you know Central Flats and Taps and uh, Hops and Hollers and, and all that other new stuff that's popping up left and right the fact that we went from having no food trucks three years ago mm-hmm. to having food trucks and an actual ordinance for where food trucks can be which is going to change and become broader yeah I was just noticing that today outside of flow. I mean, not, not to just keep talking about flow, but you know, now instead of just great, having a loading zone, they understand like yeah, the the palette has changed. They understand yes. that people want to experience not only just high end 
beer, but mm-hmm. high-end coffee. Yeah. You know, flavor. They want yeah. they want something that doesn't taste like it came from a box at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's an amazing movement to have mm-hmm. happen. And that's why I've always been huge about downtown because that's where it's all started from and went outward. Yeah. Downtown and Bearden. And Bearden's close enough to downtown that you really can kind of lump them all into well, central yeah. Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I've lived in the Bearden area for about six, seven years. I consider myself an ordinary Beardenite. <laughs> so... But um, yeah, how uh, now the, the comedy city, uh, the, the Scruffy City Comedy Festival? Let's uh, get into that and see. Like, uh, yeah, what, let me give you the most there? interesting points of this festival. Yeah, okay. go right ahead. There we go. Uh, first of all, Einstein Simplified is doing a closeout show on Saturday night with the other improv group in town. Uh, full disclosure, so that's going to be a blowout show. They don't do shows ever on the weekend, so we're going to have them in a great spot, ten o'clock at Scruffy City Hall. It's still, you know, still have to have a festival pass to get in because they're typically free to see them. Mm-hmm. But that being such a big event, uh, it'll be part of the ticket price. So um, that is going to be something extremely different and awesome. Um, Friday night, we have Ben Kronberg, which was on Last Comic Standing last year. He's a one-liner comic, and he's amazing. Um, after That's 8 o'clock at Scruffy City Hall. Mm-hmm. 10 o'clock at Scruffy City Hall, we have something... This is literally for anyone that doesn't like to talk about sex and is offended by sex will hate this show. Okay. So that's the best way to put it. It is <laughs> the show is called Air Sex. It's okay. A, it's the genius mastermind of Chris True, which is an improv ninja out of New Orleans. He has an improv place in New Orleans called New uh, the New Movement and one in Austin, Texas. So uh, he's coming up. What Air Sex is is essentially you get on stage fully clothed typically and you simulate sex with an invisible person for an entire song so it's a competition as well so, <laughs> so it's like air guitar be, yes it's like it, air, is, it, is, it is the air guitar world championships of sex that's pretty much wow. what so there is no way that you could walk into the room being someone that wasn't offended by sexual things and not find what you're watching hysterically entertaining. So our, our idea is this. It's a home game for Tennessee that weekend. It's homecoming. So there's going to be a lot of people in town. They're going to be pre-gaming on Friday. By the time 10 o'clock-ish hits, they're probably going to have a solid buzz. When they walk into Scruffy City Hall, they're going to see most likely an overweight bearded man having sex with an invisible person on stage, probably to ACDC. How is that not going to win? How is that not going to win? Just the description How would you not just there? be immediately either like... Like kind of like car accident, rubbernecking it. Like, oh my god, I don't want it, but I can't look away. <laughs> That's exactly what. Or it live tweeting it. Like, oh yeah, yes. need yes. a periscope that. Yeah. During uh, the next day, Chris doesn't. Uh, Chris is doing uh, an improv class. Okay. Uh, during the afternoon at Scruffy City Hall on Saturday, and then Saturday evening we have we realize you know the game's going to kind of consume a lot of Saturday, so we have. Uh, um, uh, I call her the Dork Empress, but mm-hmm. Jackie Cation which is uh, uh, has a podcast called The Dork Forest, 
and she's going to be doing headlining on, on Saturday night. So How we know that, that the football demographic is not where we're going for on Saturday because they're going to be engrossed in the game. So yeah. regardless of its outcome. Yeah, and I'll... Uh, oh, wait, that's a... Uh, oh, yeah, no. I'll, but if it's the, a home uh, game, I'll be there. But the final big Shiraz on Sunday. Hoorah. Mm-hmm. Shiraz? I don't know. Shiraz? You Shiraz. thinking of alcohol? More of the sour beer, please. Um... <laughs> is Sunday. We're closing out on Sunday. We have Maya Jackson, which was on this year's last comic standing at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then at 10 p.m. we have uh, a very, very unique show as well. It's a psychedelic show. So it is a one hour of stand-up comedy by Shane Moss, mm-hmm. who has a, a Netflix hour. He has a half hour on Comedy Central. Oh, and he's wow. done an hour. For, I think he's done time for Showtime as well. Um, and he is going to be doing an entire hour to close out the festival on all types of psychedelic drugs. So comedy on psychedelics. Now, he's not going to be on psychedelics when he's doing the comedy. Okay. He's going to be doing scientific comedy about the ins and outs of all different types of psychedelics. Stories about oh. psychedelic experiments, things like that. Interesting. Uh, so there it is. And all the way during the entire weekend, we will have a comedian on the Knox Brew Tour. All weekend. So oh, Friday, Saturday, awesome. we'll yeah. have a comedian going on the beer tour, drinking with them, that's and great. then just that's getting awesome. up and doing stand-up suddenly, uh, whether he <laughs> whether he lets them know that that's going to be happening or not. I think they are going to let yeah. people know, but it's still going to be extremely fun well, that'd be, to do that. That'd, that'd be a good tr- um, treat for anybody going on the Knox Brew Tour. Yes, and, and Saturday afternoon as well, they're going to be doing the Blue Umbrella Tours, which is a completely comedically improvised tour of Knoxville with no knowledge of Knoxville. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be a walking tour of downtown with comedians from other cities, improving what these different things are. That's awesome. So it's and what's it great about the Blue Umbrella tour is that it pulls in people that don't know anything about the city either. So they will start following the tour around because it's free, and it's a tour of Knoxville, and they'll have. A bunch of people that know about it and are in on it, along with a bunch of people that are tourists that don't know what's going. On. <laughs> so it's it's just going to be a fun weekend. It's really going to be a blast. Are you going to perform anywhere? I don't. No. Uh, being putting the organizational hat on, it takes you so far out of the creative mind yeah. and the performance mind that when I do perform at something that or near around the time of something that I'm putting on, mm-hmm. I just I'm terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, just don't have the confidence because my brain's thinking about. Are we going to have a door person at this event or whatever? You know, it's just. So, what, where, where are all the locations at? at so we get the They're all right room. here. So, it's Scruffy City Hall upstairs at Prez Pub in the Speakeasy, and then we're going to do a late night, two late night shows at um, Knoxville and Court. Okay. I think I have Mark Al's Cafe on that flyer, but they yeah. are they may not be an open in time to do any shows. And, and you mentioned the Sour Festival. Is it going to be? Is it going to be here as well at Scruffy, be, yeah, City? Here at Scruffy City Hall? Just during the day and then the comedy. At I night? think it's just part of what beers they're offering. So it's going to okay. be kind of like a tap takeover for a whole oh, section cool. of different sour beers. So that sounds like it's going to super appeal to you guys and potentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for and sure. Potentially, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, sour beer fans. I know that. Uh, we love uh, every time I bring a sour back to the beer and beer market. Get like it again. Like I said earlier, it gets drank before um, before uh, you can even arrive. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, 
that sour beer fest will work over. Do you guys well. do you guys brew yourselves? No, no. no I've I'm helped out with some friends who do some uh, brewing and stuff, but I've never actually did any. Just gotta brews. keep you humble. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, no. I, I <laughs> yeah. just um, I, I do enough other crazy creative stuff on the side to yeah. where I, I, craft I mean, beer. I think my wife would just kill me. Oh, that's exactly. That's no, exactly I, 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 I will eventually me from doing it. She's like, no, I've heard stories of explosions and things. So oh, yeah. That's not <laughs> happening in my house. I, I had a friend who um, had a, a glass container, fermenting container, mm-hmm. and he wanted to put it in his bathtub full of ice, and the, with the um, heat and the, and the ice, it, it exploded on him. Oh, so, fantastic. Did it hurt him? No, it didn't hurt him. He's just fine. made him smell <laughs> like not fully done beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, there's all That's kinds fun. of great, wonderful homebrew stories. Freaking can... science, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm halfway through this sour and during this conversation, and I have to say, it definitely grows on you. It is. Yep. Uh, and uh, it has a nice... Kind of warm buzz to it, so. Mm-hmm. But that's you know this is I have to I have full disclosure, not just the improv beer, but I haven't actually drank a beer in two months. Really? So, yeah, this is the keep keeping trying trying to work on the figure. Or? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I've cut sugars and stuff like that out of my diet. And, uh, nice. Well, thank you for sacrificing one day for cut, this. Cut <laughs> cut twenty pounds and an inch and a half off my waistline. So oh, I'm happy with the progress, and I'm able to eat bacon regularly. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty the, awesome. That's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, as long as I can eat like a savage, you know, I don't even cook it. I just wrap it, and whatever, <laughs> put around a hot dog. Don't even cook a hot dog. So Pure, like, pure savagery. How, how like <laughs> that, that would be hard. Like working in a like bars all the time. And I'll be able, not, not having a beer and I'll be in have, eating pub food, bar food. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. bar food's easy because I don't like spending money when I go out. True. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do an article and you want to feed me, that's fine. But I'm not gonna ask you to feed me, and I'm not gonna pay for it. No. So, unless yeah, I'm just cool. like, this has got to be eaten. This is an amazing, weird thing you do. So, but your your day job, are you you're inside Knoxville, or or, or do you go Knoxville? I do as a part time uh, part time writing thing. But my primary income is through booking a comedian out of New York City named Kenny Zimlinghouse, and uh, booking uh, the festival and just performing myself. So oh, I'd say nice. performing and making money as a performer is probably on the lower end of my spectrum but it's just hustling just trying to do what I can so I don't have to go back to slinging cell phones yeah 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 I, I know that I, I know that sentiment I used to work for AT&T so in fact I was going to ask you earlier does did your time at Verizon drive you to become a comedian <laughs> because of the insanity of working in telecom uh, no but it made me really really good at dealing with hecklers <laughs> that's true like because I always volunteered myself to take escalations oh okay because I enjoyed them uh, in a ah. weird way I loved having people yell at me and then having to figure out how I would get them to love me by the end of the conversation that's without awesome. giving away the house yeah and I always I, I would say I succeeded 9 out of 10 times some people just don't want to be happy no. yeah and then the, the people that don't want to be happy, you just say, "Well, I understand. You just don't want to be happy." <laughs> well, um, and then they say, "Well, no, that's not. No. All right, whatever. I'm sorry." <laughs> they apologize. My my favorite thing awesome. to do is get somebody that literally had their finger in my face, cussing me, to shake my hand and apologize to me for being mean to me. 
because I just did what they needed to be done. I just didn't get shook by them screaming in my face. Yeah. It's just, you know, people have bad days. I understand that I'm the last person they need to talk to, and I'm certainly not the one they're really mad at. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's really the company, but I you keep take that the brunt of it. I'm, I keep that around when I'm talking to my wife and she's mad. Yeah. I realize that somebody else probably made her mad, but most likely it's me. Well, um... What kind of you're back to to your performing stuff? Um, what like what, what kind of comedian are you personally? Like, do you? Really- I like to be very weird. So I do a decent amount of improv, okay. but it's it's like stream of consciousness improv where I just kind of start talking about something that I'm interested in that specific day, and uh, and I'll find the funny in it as I go. I'll do that for about ten percent of my set, and then I'll try to find a link to material that I've already got memorized. Mm-hmm. So I'll start talking about like, well, it's a really nice night outside. I mean, there's people outside. They might be, they might be naked. Maybe you're naked. Maybe you want to be naked right now. And then it's just, it, that stream just keeps going. And the next thing you know, I think of a joke that ties into that joke and I'll start into that joke. So it doesn't sound like I'm just delivering stand up. Yeah. It sounds like I'm actually just talking to them. It's cool. A conversation as opposed to like just, oh, this guy's doing exactly the same joke he did I saw on YouTube or whatever because yeah. that's the society we live in now is that 90% of the time people have seen your material before they get to you unless you don't have any of it online yeah. or unless you write like Louis C.K. you know like every year you have a new hour yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite my favorite comedian is Mike Rabigula oh yeah he's my favorite because he's his like especially like his uh, all his specials are just like long continuous stories and they're and, and it's all about real life, probably embellished real life. That's the kind of stuff that I really like. Yeah, and it's like you his, his stand up is is very awkward. Like he is just kind of an awkward person, but he delivers it in such a way that it's very appealing and interesting and engaging. So you listen to it the whole time. My favorite is Brian Regan. Yeah, Brian because Regan. Brian, Brian Regan knows how to do physical comedy without overdoing physical comedy. Yeah. So, like, you can still listen to Brian Regan and laugh, but when you watch him and listen to him, you really laugh. Mm. So you still can find him funny. That was the first comedy I ever listened to was on the radio. Yeah. You know, where you can't see what these guys even look like, let alone what facial expression they're making or what gesture they're making. I can't even remember who my favorite is. It's so bad. I listen to a lot of comedy, though. Um... I tell you, yeah. um, if you want, uh, if you very, want a very, taste of our festival, the best thing to do is to uh, Google Ben Cromberg. Okay. Because one-liner comics, I always feel, can make you engaged in liking them quicker mm-hmm. than comics that are long and drawn out. And he's all yeah. about pauses, and he, he'll get you laughing within 30 seconds. Yeah. And that's generally, I mean, all good comics can get you laughing within 30 seconds, yeah. but he's delivered four punchlines. Within 30 seconds. And that's, that's awesome. awesome. Rapid, rapid fire. Comedy. Yeah, just like, well, it's not even rapid fire. It's slow. Mm-hmm. And he just has it so methodically yeah. thought out about what words he's going to use and things like that that it, it really capitalizes on him. Yeah, I would say for me, like, comedy wise, I'm more like British humor style. Yeah. I, I really like Mitchell and Webb, if you've heard of them. No. Um, they did the Mitchell and Webb show. And uh, Peep Show is probably what they're most known for. Okay. But just uh, it's very dark humor. I'm amazed on a regular basis 
when I finally do watch or listen to mm-hmm. some of the people I hear about but yeah. I've not heard of them before yeah. I'm like man it's just there's such there's a so deep much out pool there. of amazing talented comedy not even globally but just in this country yeah um, yeah just example Jackie Cation talks about uh, how she thinks that married people like people that want to get married women mm-hmm. should look for a guy that's into Star Wars and into uh, Dungeons and Dragons and collects comic books and action figures because that guy is always at home (laughs) (laughs) I mean I feel bad doing her joke but it's just like that is such a great funny premise and that's what she that's that's her thing that she's into that stuff she married a video game programmer yeah so you know it's there's a little something for everything in what we've got for this festival. It's going to be a blast. It's exciting. exciting about it. It's really exciting. Well, Matt, thank you for your time today. Um, we've got a little over a half hour. Actually, we're, shoot, we're almost at an hour. Um, but thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Um, we'll let you get back. You've actually got a comedy thing going on tonight, right? Yeah, yeah I'm going over for the fifth annual Halloween show, which is comics uh, portraying another comic that they're a fan of. That's awesome. That's living or dead. And they do, dress up and everything? Sometimes they dress up as the comic and they do their mannerisms and then they deliver their material. So that's something that Riley Fox, uh, at Riley underscore Fox on Twitter, okay. came up with. And now he's in Portland, so I okay. a shout out to him. But uh, he came up with that idea years ago and we've stuck with it. So okay. it's kind of a tradition for us. And uh, two years ago, I was Mitch Hedberg. This year, I'm not performing, <laughs> but I'm excited to see what we've got on on tap for tonight. That's Love exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you. Um, thank you for letting us come out here to the Scruffy City Music Hall. Um, it's been great. And, uh, Thanks for giving me a reason to try a new beer. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I hope to, we'll hope to see you at the uh, festival. And, uh, and if, I hope your uh, everything goes smoothly. And, yeah. All the people were at every door checking everything right and the town's right. And oh, I think everything will be great. It's yeah. just, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you plan something, it's oh, it, yeah. you want you have a perfect vision of it. Yeah. So you want that to go as best it can, but I've learned now to have plan B, C, and D and be <laughs> satisfied with any of those plans working out. Awesome. All right, Matt. Well, thank you. Um, this has been Chris Hill. This is DJ Loop. Remember to stay humble and try a new beer. Bottom of a bottom